So I was hoping that water would wake me up. Splash it on your face. <laughs> Take your headphones off first. <laughs> <laughs> These glasses are like way too heavy when there's just water in them. <laughs> We just would like to remind you that none of the things that we say should be taken as official recommendations. Yeah, we try to know what we're talking about, but this podcast ultimately represents the opinions of a couple yahoos with master's degrees. It's (laughs) mainly for entertainment. Right. So if you feel that you need help with your own mental health, we encourage you, please talk to your very own doctor or your very own counselor. Get real help. And remember, this podcast is not safe for work, so listen with headphones. Hello, and welcome to Freudian Sips, the podcast about brains, beverages, and other BS. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Anna. And it's great to have you with us again. Hi, Sipsters. Welcome, Sipsters. We love you. <laughs> I don't even know how We're to follow that We're not even drunk. We're just tired. <laughs> we are very tired today. <laughs> I feel like we start half our episodes with that. Punch drunk. Punch drunk. That means I hit mom really hard. We did a fight club before we started. <laughs> what does that mean? That's synchronicity. I was just listening to something about punch drunk love on tennis podcast the one we oh, had a really? promo for last uh-huh. week yeah huh what what does that mean what does it mean well to me it it's like when you're kind of punchy i don't know what that means what does that mean <laughs> everything seems silly everything seems goofy. silly what does that mean punchy. What is that? What is that? <laughs> are you two again just go and tell the- why 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 i've done this before with anna marie <laughs> except she was vu. much littler and uh, which is hard to believe <laughs> much shorter than i am now and her voice was much higher pitched back then. Why? Why? That, that's pretty much Why? it. Yeah. <laughs> what makes it work? That's one of the things you used to always say. What makes it work? Oh, that's adorable. Really? What makes it work? Real high pitched. What makes it work? That's I, I don't know, Anna. I haven't changed at all. <laughs> I I still do that. <laughs> I know that, you how do. How does that work? What's that about? Yeah, sometimes things don't really change that much. Why do you do that? I ask my clients all the time. What's that about? How does that work? Bring that's that back. why. That's why you went into counseling. Yeah, because like, you just wanted what's to ask a field him? where I can use this question a lot. <laughs> I cannot get these questions out of my mind. How can I use them in my profession? What makes it go? I was either going to go into engineering or I was going to go into counseling, and I was not good enough at math to do engineering. <laughs> I think you chose the right career, Anna Marie. You're good at Thanks. this. I think you did good copying me when I went to the career. <laughs> I wanted to be just like you, <laughs> so I followed you. So how are you, Anna? I'm good. We, except tired. Except tired. We just had a lunch together for like two hours, so you mm-hmm. you know how I am. <laughs> but I okay, do. yeah. How are you, Mom? But that's just the thing you're supposed to do. Oh, like right. we have to, to pretend like we've yeah, never yeah. We, we don't see each other <laughs> until we record these. We just don't talk back together again for the first time <laughs> in a week, reunited, and it feels so good. <laughs> This is actually, I think, one of the reasons we are a little bit punch drunk, quote unquote, is because we haven't. So our usual routine is that on Fridays we have lunch and then we record the podcast. But we haven't had lunch for the past two weeks yeah, because of holiday stuff and other kind of scheduling conflicts. And so we're just a bit giddy being back with each other, I think. (laughs) That's exactly right. 
So, is there anything that we should talk about before we jump into the episode today? I bet we have to should maybe talk about our little hiatus. We're going to talk about a little hiatus. We're going to talk about that before our little hiatus. So, this will be coming out on Monday, the what day? The 16th. Monday the 16th. This episode that you're listening to now. Mm-hmm. We will have one more episode. What? Even though... Because I, I, the other day I listened to our last episode where you gave me so much crap. <laughs> I mean so much crap. I take a lot of crap, sisters, <laughs> about that my whole crap. talking about you might be listening to this at another time in time and space. Yes, and that's that's why I'm saying so what day it came out. Take it, say <laughs> somewhere it's in time Anna's and space. Backwards way and of aliens more. listening to this. Like, what are these idiots talking about? Someday, oh gosh, who knows? How many years from now? They're it gonna, might be your children's children listening to this podcast. Hopefully, saying, it'll be on December sixteenth, and they'll be like, no. "Wow, it matches." <laughs> Good timing. Good timing, guys. <laughs> I was thinking, like, you know, that time capsule. I don't think it was a time capsule. It was a. It was a bunch of things that they sent up into space oh yeah for yeah. the aliens and it had uh-huh. like anatomy of people and like yeah. recordings someday they're gonna do that it's just gonna be our podcast <laughs> just all of it all of it beamed up into space this is what life on earth is like this is what earthlings are yeah and they're gonna be like thanks we're good we're not gonna visit <laughs> you guys are too complicated we're for us <laughs> we're gonna stay up here y'all are weird. you are a hot mess <laughs> y'all okay down there y'all okay people of earth <laughs> You are a hot People mess. People of Earth, are you all right? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I I got you way off track. I apologize. I don't know what the track was. Where is it? Right there. Jump on the track. Okay, it I'm says, good. you will hear this. This was recorded for the 16th of December. <laughs> yep. And then we will be releasing one episode the week after that, 23rd. Mm-hmm. And that will be a very special episode. Da-da-da! We are doing a very fun crossover that we have been working on for what feels like forever <laughs> with our again one of our kind of sibling podcasts that kind of had the same amount of episodes as we do and started around the same time sip survive repeat we've talked about them several times before it is finally set in stone we're finally doing it and i'm very excited so that's going to come out the week after this one is coming out and then we will be taking two weeks off i think is mm-hmm. what we planned so mm-hmm. we're taking off for the holidays and then we'll be back with more fun psychology stuff okay and that's the news. So on the <laughs> <laughs> reporting for S I P S News. Oh, I like it. K one hundred S I P S. I like it. I think we should start doing that. So, so during the weeks when we don't actually record a new one, you could go back and listen to one of the many. Yes, go back. Greatest hits. Listen to the greatest mm-hmm, hits. Mm-hmm. Check our Twitter at Freudian Sips Pod, and we will probably be posting some links to some greatest hits. Mm. I'm thinking I'm going to go back and listen to the very first one we did and oh. just listen to see how we've changed. How bad it is? I don't know. I or mean, how good it is. I've, Maybe we started out really good. That was we our, that, we peaked. We peaked at one. <laughs> we just were very professional. downhill and... slide to 45. <laughs> 45. 45, baby. That's what we are. 45 and still alive. <laughs> Okay, well, now you have to do a rhyme for every episode. How do you feel? Oh, that's not good. I'm not very good at rhyming. 46 greatest hits? That's what oh, it will be. Okay. That doesn't even rhyme. It's not rhyme. <laughs> we're going to move on. <laughs> and you were the poet in the family, so that's a little scary, but. Bad poetry, oh, no, it's 
Okay, what else? Pre-roll. That's it. That's That's it for today? Okay. I guess in the break, go buy merch and follow us on social at Freudian Sips Pod on everything. Mm -hmm. Interact with us. It's fun. I swear. I'm very fun. And she is And fun. I'm the one who's in charge of the social media. <laughs> I, I know I'm her mom, but I I think she's kind of fun. But yeah, tell your friends too. Because I, yeah. I, the other day I had somebody again say, I heard about people talking about your podcast, but I don't know how to find it. Oh, yeah. So tell your friends how to find us. <laughs> Give them advice. Help them. Show them on your phone. <laughs> Say, this Be is the how. way for them. Aunt Martha, this is how you find them on Spotify. <laughs> Grandma, you would love Bonnie, Grandma. She's just like you. <laughs> okay, so we are still in holiday land. Holiday land. Yep. Holiday land. That's a different. You need a, yes, you need a, a, a totally a religious holiday land song. Not a Christmas That's song. That's hard. That's really not hard. Not a Hanukkah song. Holiday song. Mm, holiday land. That is what I think you just landed on. So that's what it is. That's what it is forever. <laughs> okay. So in holiday land. We mentioned last week in holiday land something about this. Uh-huh. We did. We talked about that sometimes when we have a topic, and we've said this before, that it's kind of hard to look at it like, oh, this isn't really very lighthearted. Yeah. And we've had several episodes like that that are not as lighthearted. But if we're going to talk about psychology stuff, which is our shtick, yes. then, then there has to be this seriousness element to it. Right. So the reason I, I pointed at you is because I actually wanted you to say what we're talking about before you go oh, into the serious oh, she, chick. She pointed at me and I didn't know what to do. I frightened her. <laughs> I don't like I when people point anxiety. at me. I so, got all nervous. We're talking about last week we mentioned a little bit about when you're in a holiday situation and you kind of overindulge out of perhaps stress or mm-hmm. or overwhelming emotion or boredom for whatever reason you're overindulging so we decided this week to talk about eating disorders Mm -hmm. and how that can manifest during the holidays and so then to dovetail into what mom was just saying that's not a very happy subject Mm -hmm. that can be really hard to talk about Mm -hmm. so this is kind of a content warning for you if you are listening to this and you struggle with eating disorders or you know someone who does and you're listening to us introduce this and saying, ooh, I don't think I can handle that, then just don't listen to this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I we won't be getting too deep into stuff, but you never know what's going to trigger you. Or hopefully you do know your triggers and maybe this is just talking about it as one of them. So mm-hmm. just do what's best for you. Like mom said, go back, listen to some of our other stuff that maybe won't hit you as hard. But we are going to be talking about eating disorders and some kind of gross stuff about eating disorders and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it might get a little deep and Mm -hmm. a little dark but what we always talk about is that throughout um the episode we laugh yeah even though we're talking about deep stuff and we have done that before where you know we're talking about pretty deep topic and we have some laughs in there because and we've shared before that's one of the ways that our family deals with deep stuff right (laughs) that's one of our mechanisms to handle stress handle and we hope that even if we are laughing about things in the context of what we're talking about, it's not at somebody's expense. I like to think we're both like that and our humor isn't that. That right. it's not at somebody's expense, even if it's about a certain topic that maybe is sensitive for some people. 
Mm-hmm. But that being said, I, I do want to put out to our sipsters that if you're listening to this and you ever do think we do that, please call us out. I mean, I think that's one of the important parts about being human and being human with other people is just calling people out and saying, hey, that really makes me uncomfortable when you do that. So the mm-hmm. other person can say, I'm so sorry and grow from that. Right. That's so, a good way to say it. So yeah, if we ever do offend you, please let us know. I mean, that's not the way I would like to be contacted on social media. But hey, I I do want to hear if we ever bother you or if you ever like don't want to hear something. So hey, contact us and we will try not to do that again. (laughs) If we ever bother you, that's leaving the door wide open. (laughs) If we're ever even the slightest (laughs) bit annoying. We want to be perfect. Text us. Tweet us. So just like so many other topics in psychology, I don't know about you, Anna, but I feel like the topic of any kind of eating disorders is so, there's just so many directions you can go in. And there's some, as we've talked about in other topics, blurry lines. There's a lot of blurry lines. There's a lot of baggage. There's a lot of, I think eating disorders are something that can be triggered and can kind of relapse pretty quickly so that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons i gave the content warning is just to be aware if this is going to stress you out too much or trigger something in in you you know even if you don't have a diagnosed eating disorder if you know that you have a weird relationship with food be aware of that and that we're going to be talking about that i do want to say that for this episode i have come up with a little mechanism for us, for you and me, that if things get too deep, at any point in the episode, either one of us can call a timeout and I have some holiday trivia. <laughs> and we will ask some holiday trivia for if things get a little too deep and we just need a breather. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. So do we need like a sound? Give us a sound that we can make. A little timeout <laughs> sound. You know how I always make weird noises and yet make right a weird now noise. I can't think of anything like... I don't Maybe we should. Know. I want to say like we should like do that, but I, we do that. I kind of do that thing. <laughs> yeah, you just I can't take my real false noise. Alarm. No, it has to be something wee, higher wee, pitched. Wee 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 wee. Okay. Wee wee. Time out. <laughs> okay. 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 So I know it's. I mean, I feel like we're almost making it more dire than it really is. It's not like we're going to be like. Rah. I guess, but I do want to ask you some holiday trivia, so don't be afraid to wee wee. You want to start with it? Oh, sure. You let's, want some? We we before we even start, let's right, do. Yeah, let's yeah, yeah, ask. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah, do a yeah. couple of holiday trivia. All right, all right, all right. I'm gonna hit you holiday with trivia. Some holiday trivia. I say holiday. A lot of these are Christmas. Okay. I don't want to exclude anyone. It's just a lot of trivia I could find was Christmas. But well, we talked about that last episode. That yeah, the holidays are Christmas very Christmassy. Down your face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. We are not excluding anyone. If you are listening to this, if you are of a different faith, if you don't give a crap about Christmas, it's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, what is it? What is the best-selling Christmas song ever? I want to say White Christmas. Yeah, holy cow. First try. Ding, Thank you. ding, ding. Well, you know, I was I was kind of going back and forth because I was thinking everybody knows Jingle Bells. But best-selling. It's a single, yeah. Right. So, yeah, it had to be Yes, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Okay. Okay. What is Ralphie's little brother's name in the movie A Christmas Story? I should know that because it's like it's in my brain so much that part where she's saying, eat like a pig, eat like a pig. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I hate that scene. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What's his name? Randy. Randy. I don't think that's right. (laughs) That's what the trivia thing says. That does not even ring a bell for me. That's not right at all. (laughs) Ralph and Randy. Ralphie and Randy, I guess. 
Okay. I wouldn't have gotten that one. I have to admit, though, I don't really like that movie very much. I don't either. I think it was because when we were little, Gabriel would watch it. They used to play it like 24, 24 hours. hours in a row. Yeah. So Gabe would watch it like eight times in a row. We just had to <laughs> deal with it. In fairness, I don't think he was really watching it. It would no, just it be just on, on while he was playing with his toys While and he stuff. was putting together his Legos. His Legos, yeah. All right. Okay. Do one more. What holiday became popular after it was featured on an episode of Seinfeld? Oh, I don't know. I, Seinfeld is not my thing. <laughs> I, um, I don't know. What is it? Festivus. Oh, my computer went ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I heard that. I was thinking that was a new kind of warning. No, Festivus. What, what was that about? What was it between? It says Festivus entered popular culture after it was made the focus of the 1997 Seinfeld episode called The Strike. The holiday celebration includes a festivist dinner, practices such as the airing of grievances, and the labeling of easily explainable events as festivist miracles. <laughs> I don't I, I don't think I've ever watched a full episode of Seinfeld. No, so. I, you know what? Hot take. I don't think it's a very good show. <laughs> don't at me. <laughs> I don't like Seinfeld. I have noticed that more people are doing the Friendsgiving thing. Mm. I mean, it's become like a thing. Like a yeah. real thing now. Yeah. It was just kind of a shit. Like a real thing. A like, real thing. People do it. It'll be on the calendar one of these days. Okay. All right. Enough trivia. How about if we get into the Let's get into the meat, the, the meat of it. Yes. The meat. So I'm going to give a brief overview of eating disorders that are in the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual, the DSM of psychology. So I'm not going to try to go too far into these because I do think, again, like we say with almost every episode, we'll probably do a whole separate episode on some of these. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start with the heavy hitters, bulimia and anorexia. Okay. So bulimia is actually bulimia nervosa. This is one of the ones that we think of when we think of eating disorders. And this is characterized by eating an amount of food much larger than most people would eat in a single sitting within a certain period of time, which is usually a two-hour period, which is to me a long time. Yeah, that's a long time to eat. Within the definition, that is a binging episode. Okay. It includes a feeling of a lack of control, like I can't stop eating. So after this binge, there is a purge episode, and these are called compensatory behaviors to prevent weight gain. So this includes self-induced vomiting, use of laxatives, diuretics, or medications, fasting, or excessive exercise is also listed, which mm-hmm. I think some people don't think of, but mm-hmm. that is a very popular it's one. very real, yes. yes. The severity of bulimia nervosa is based on how many binge purge cycles happen per week, with at least one a week being required to diagnose it, but up to like 14 or more per week being the most severe. Wow. Which that's a crazy, that's that's basically you eat two meals a day and then you purge Purge. after every single one. Yeah. But it has to be a binging eating. So you have to eat a lot during the time. So that is what's required for diagnosis. According to the DSM, lifetime prevalence in females is one to 1.5% with the highest prevalence in young adults, which makes sense with what we know about how young adult females are are viewed and how we're taught to view ourselves. It's very hard. And the prevalence for men is less clear. I think there's just less research done on it. And I think it's just underreported when it comes to males. Mm -hmm. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, NIM is what I'm going to call it from now on because Mm -hmm. they are a very popular source for mental health uh, statistics. It's five times higher in females than in males. Wow. Um, and 
I, I don't know. The, the DSM, I think, said 10 times as high, which is too much. I, I think guys struggle with this just as much, and there's just not as much openness and understanding when they talk about it, so it gets kind of brushed under the rug more, and they don't report it as often. Yeah, less self-report. Right. Yeah. Okay, so that's bulimia. Anorexia is restricting your food intake to dangerous levels, and that leads to a low body weight relative to your age, to your gender, to to a lot of different factors. Uh, This is also called anorexia nervosa, but we all just think of it as anorexia. Mm -hmm. It's accompanied by an intense fear of gaining weight or becoming fat. The person doesn't usually realize how serious it is that they are such a low weight. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they straight up don't even recognize that they are at a low weight. Right. So it can come with a really skewed perception of yourself. There's two types of anorexia, and this is where those blurred lines start to come in. It can get pretty confusing. So the two types are restrictive and binge eating slash purging. So. Because that sounds pretty much like bulimia, doesn't it? Right. So restrictive is exactly what it sounds like. You restrict your food or calorie intake, which is usually through dieting or fasting or, again, excessive exercise. The binge purge type is when binging is present at all. Mm -hmm. So this is not bulimia. And it's not correct to ever say someone has anorexia and bulimia. If they're struggling with both things, they have anorexia binge purge subtype. Ah, uh, okay. So you can't have both. You can either have one or the other, or you can have anorexia binge purge subtype. Got it. Yeah. Per NIM, again, the lifetime prevalence is 0.6 for ladies. And that is three times higher in females than it is in males. I think 0.6 sounds low. If bulimia is 1.5 or 1. I was going to say, I think that would be more predominant in men than the bulimia. I don't know. I know this sounds sexist of me, but I think that women, just the way that women, (laughs) the way we're programmed, women would be more likely to actually throw up in order to, or take a laxative or whatever, in order to prevent that weight right. from coming on in their mind, you know, than a man would. I think mm-hmm. we've been socialized that we will do whatever we need to do right. more than men. So I, I agree with you that, that it doesn't make sense. It's but, a strange statistic. Yeah. But again, they, they rely a lot on self-report for those things. So, And while we're in kind of prevalence land, mm-hmm. <laughs> if everything's a land now... <laughs> Prevalence town. Yes. Prevalence street. Village. It's less than a land. It's oh, okay. Pre- Prevalence Boulevard. Boulevard. Ooh, Ooh, that's got to hey. be it. Prevalence Boulevard. I would live on Prevalence Boulevard. That sounds bougie. <laughs> <laughs> sounds high class. I live on 520 Prevalence, Prevalence Boulevard. Boulevard. So about prevalence, eating disorders are way more prevalent in the LGBTQ population. One survey found that transgender youth are at a disproportionate risk for having an eating disorder with 71% of transgender respondents who identify as straight having been diagnosed with an eating disorder. Oh my gosh. That's insanely high. Oh my gosh. At 71%, we just said the lifetime prevalence of just everyone all together. I mean, again, that is a limited survey. Right. But it's less than 1%. 
And oh my gosh, that makes me so sad. It's it's insane. Especially with transgender people and especially, especially with transgender youth, the image thing is huge. The, the, I need to fit into a certain physical box is huge. And is it the dysmorphia thing that... Dysmorphia plays very heavily into it, yeah. Okay. So it, that all, dysmorphia is a huge part of eating disorders too. So Mm -hmm. it's just all kind of comorbid and it's all, again, kind of a blurred line cisgender lgbtq females so that just means cisgender just means you're not transgender it means you identify with the gender that you were assigned at birth right so uh cisgender lgbtq females reported the highest prevalence of eating disorder diagnosis of any gender identity in the survey at 54 percent the prevalence of eating disorders among cisgender males was 31 percent uh and the prevalence of eating disorders among transgender females was 12 percent 39% of transgender males reported an eating disorder diagnosis. Ah. So I think that's interesting, too, that it's higher in the transgender males Males. than it is in in transgender females. Huh. I I would have almost guessed differently. That transgender, like, transgender women are so concerned with fitting into a certain feminine Uh mold Uh that they want to do that. But I think it's interesting. I think it still has to do with gender assigned at birth and and the pressures that were put on and and stuff like that. So that's just a quick note about prevalence that when we're spouting out these statistics, it's important to remember that the surveys can be very weird and very skewed and very biased sometimes where we're not looking at the full picture. And sometimes it is much more useful to look at a subset of people instead of like, and we surveyed everyone in the entire world. <laughs> and this is what we found. 1%. Good job, everyone. Good job, DSM crew. Out for drinks. I don't <laughs> think sometimes. Is that, is is that my... the way the DSM manager <laughs> speaks? I have to put my, hand, my hands on my just... hips every time I say it. Good job, everyone. Everyone, we did such a good job diagnosing today. Yeah, this is one of those times when we need video because you got to see the visual I'm like of tucking Anna. My chin up. Yeah, she tucks her chin, she puts her hands on her hips, and then she becomes that persona. I become, I, bec- I wear the mask of a DSM crew member. That's very true. Very true. Okay. Do you have a question or were you going to Wii U? <laughs> I was thinking of the Wii U. Let's Wii U. Let's Wii U. I already Wii-U. feel like we like got I, well, way heavy so well, quick. It's a very heavy, the idea that, I mean, food food is such a big important part of life, of just yeah. being alive. We got to eat. Yeah. So when you have a disorder that involves food intake or, you know, the management of your food, it's such a uh, invasive issue. Yeah, it affects every day. Every single day. Every single, uh, multiple times a day. Right, right. And and your social interactions and everything. We'll kind of get into that later. But yeah, it's it's heavy and -hmm. it's a lot. Okay. In the song Winter Wonderland, what do we call the snowman? (laughs) And pretend that he is Parson... Brown. Yep. Parson. I really, I, I'm anticipating asking you a lot of Carol questions to make you <laughs> sing them quietly under your breath. <laughs> Whose eyes are all aglow in the Christmas song? Boys and girls, but um, let me think. In the Christmas song, what's the Christmas song? Uh, chestnuts, chestnuts roasting, roasting on an open fire. fire. With their eyes all aglow, 
Tiny tots. <laughs> tiny tots. Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow. Okay. Uh, according to That's the little song. boys and girls, technically. <laughs> just so we know. I'm not giving it tiny to you. Tots. Tiny tots is pretty specific. <laughs> Are not like tater You got tots. there eventually. <laughs> tater tots with their eyes tater all tots. aglow. Mm. Tater tots. And they're potatoes, so they have eyes. So, yeah, tater tots. Oh, and they're tater tot formed. Tater tots with their eyes all aglow. That's a Christmas song for me. That's my Christmas song. Tater tots and that really good casserole. (laughs) We'll make it hard to sleep tonight. (laughs) And it does. We need the whole thing, yeah. According to the song, what did my true love give to me on the eighth day of Christmas? Eighth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Eight maids of milking. Good job. All right, um, I'm going to be surprised. I like the songs. I know, I'm, I'm trying to. Well, I had a list that was specifically song questions. I can't find it. Uh, what was the name of the main villain in The Nightmare Before Christmas? Oh, see, I won't get that because I, I never actually watched that. That's why I asked it. I knew you wouldn't get it. The main villain. Because the big tall guy is actually the hero, right? <laughs> he's, yeah, he's the, the big quote, tall unquote, dead guy. guy. The big yeah. tall dead guy. Yeah, he's that's actually one of them. the good guy. No, that's his name. The big tall dead guy. <laughs> What's the other What's one? What's his name? What's the big tall he dead guy's name? He wears a sack. Oh, uh, Jack Jack Skellington is the big tall dead Oh, guy. Jack. That's right. I don't know. Sack. Sack. Sinister. Sinister Sin- sack. Sinister man. sack is his name. You got it. Ding, ding, ding. What is it? <laughs> it's Oogie Boogie. Oh, yeah. Like, I would ever come up with that. Out I of- knew. I, have you ever seen that movie? I have not. Oogie Boogie. I've seen parts of it, and it was so sad. I just couldn't watch it all. It was sad? What? Yeah, there's, the part that I watched was with the little girl who's all, like, coming apart. Her, like, stitching yeah, looks just all... Yeah, it's just her thing. It just happens. <laughs> She's fine. I wanted to help sew her up tighter so she didn't look so sad. Yeah, was well, just not my kind of thing, Anna. It's kind of dark for me. Sorry. All right. What else you got? One more? Yeah, this is one that's not a Christmas trivia. Not? Not. What holiday celebrates the end of slavery in the United States? Would you like options? Multiple choice? Mm-hmm. Um, hang, hang on a second. Oh, it's like right in the back of my brain. Uh, yeah, give me multiple choice. Kwanzaa, Sweetest Day, Juneteenth Day, or Freedom Day? You know, it's weird, but I think I'm going to say Juneteenth. That's it. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, it dings when you... Oh, I say... Because <laughs> <laughs> Freedom Day would be a good name for it, but... Yeah. Juneteenth. Juneteenth celebrates and symbolizes the end of slavery in the United States. President Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation on September 22nd, 1862, but it was not until June 19th, 1865, when General George Granger rode into Galveston, Texas with his troops and issued Order Number 3 that all slaves were finally freed. Wow. Gosh, talk about government moving slowly from September to June. Yeah. Oh, Uh, Oh, bud. September 1862 to June 1865. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah I, I missed that part. Yeah, man. Holy crap. That's the government for you. <laughs> yeah, it takes three and a half years to get it done. Okay. <sighs> okay, ready to okay. go back? Yeah. That Dive was good trivia. In. Thanks. Okay, let's go back okay. to the serious schmerious. All right. Serious <laughs> schmerious. The next is avoidant restrictive. So this is a bit confusing because it sounds very similar to anorexia. It involves an eating disturbance where the person doesn't meet their nutritional needs. But this disorder is not due to a preoccupation with weight or gaining weight or body image. It's due to causes other than that. 
Okay. So it's you don't eat enough, but not because you're worried about weight gain. It's other reasons. So common reasons are just lacking interest in food, sensory characteristics of food. So this Mm. is common with autistic people and uh, people with ADHD or fear of consequences other than weight gain. So to me, that involves maybe some trauma that you've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you're if you're worried about just bad repercussions from eating food, the only thing I can really think of is like there's trauma in your past about food. Right. It could be a financial thing. Oh, well. You know, like you can't afford to buy more food. So well, it specifically eat. says that it's it doesn't include lack of access to food. Oh, okay. Although I can see that even if you're an adult, if you went through, I mean, I would call that trauma too. If you went yeah, through financial like, trauma. Like the depression or whatever. Yeah, then yeah. later in your life, even if you did have the means and the access to food, if you didn't want to eat because you were afraid of the financial consequences, even though realistically there aren't any, right, right. then that would probably fall under this as well. Um, So in the DSM, mm -hmm. they have one diagnosis is bulimia, one is anorexia with those subheadings that you mentioned. Yeah. And this is a whole separate... This is an entirely separate diagnosis. Yeah. This isn't like a subset of anorexia or whatever. It's an entirely separate one. Okay. Uh, It does not include things like, like I said, lack of access to food or cultural practices. So like for Muslims, Ramadan is, is fasting. Right. Involves fasting. And that doesn't make them applicable for this it, right because that's socially acceptable and socially condoned and everything the next is binge eating type uh so this will also sound familiar it's a pattern of binge eating where a person will eat an abnormal amount of food larger than most people would eat in a single sitting and unlike bulimia or anorexia with the binge purge type these episodes are not followed by a pattern of purging afterwards right It usually comes with a person eating until they feel uncomfortably full, even when not physically hungry, and eating alone because they don't want other people to know. And it also has that that I can't control this feeling that like I can't stop eating kind of pattern with that. So obviously as with other disorders that we diagnose, this has to come with distress at the binge eating episodes. It has to come with the person saying, I do this and I don't like that I do it. It causes me impairment in my life. Per the National Institute of Mental Health, overall prevalence of binge eating disorder is 1.2%. It's twice as high among females, so that's 1.6%, than with males, which is 0.8%. Again, these statistics seem weird in that anorexia is so much lower than like binge eating disorder. Mm -hmm. Although this is, again, kind of weird because how do you quantify how much like an abnormal amount of food is? I mean, maybe they quantify it nutritionally, but I'm not sure. I couldn't find anything that was like an abnormal amount of food is this much or or this many calories or this many ounces of food. Like it's well, because not... that even differs per person. Oh, yeah, so. absolutely. Like your BMI determines yeah, that. Yeah, and... exactly. So I want to turn it over to you a bit because I know you were going to talk about this in relation to holiday stuff. Uh-huh. Well, so let me hook on to that, that it is such a higher number that... <laughs> <laughs> Anna just made a strange sign. I was fishing. I was hooking you and reeling you in. Okay. Hook. And then what do I do when you've hooked me in? I don't know. You wouldn't hook on. I oh, okay. Okay. Anna's really confusing I'm me today, really sorry. sisters. Just, she's she's being you, very creative. Screw me for trying to make it a little lighter, right? <laughs> I'm talking about deep stuff. She's getting weird. Um, I think it's significant that binge eating disorder or BED, oh. as we call it in the biz. Bed. 
yes, like the thing I want sure. right now. <laughs> That's what we need right now. Um, that it wasn't added in as an official diagnosis until the fifth edition. Yeah, that doesn't so surprise me. So not until 2013 did we recognize I that. I mean, homosexuality was a DSM diagnosis until like, what, the 70s or 80s? Mm-hmm. So. 70s, so yeah. We're, uh, yeah. It sometimes, sometimes we're behind. It sometimes takes us a little while to catch on. But yeah. I think it's significant, too, that Anna mentioned that and then this goes back to those blurry lines because when you read about the binge eating disorder, it's kind of like, well, isn't that, doesn't that? And one of the the terms that kept coming up as I was reading was food addiction, which is interesting that food addiction is not in the DSM. That huh, particular yeah. term is not in there. And so one of the things that I was struck by was, well, what's the difference between food addiction and binge eating? Yes. But the food addiction is specifically, you're actually addicted to a type of food yeah, or a, a nutrient in the food, food. More than like just binge eating disorder is about the act of eating. Right. Not the food itself. Right. And food addiction is the food itself. The food itself. Right. So you might be craving, you know, particular sweets or something like that, that you do eat more than you should. Total chocoholic over here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's, uh, that's yeah. not, I um, hate that word. <laughs> But the binge eating is a different a different thing. It can, as Anna said, you know, it has that criteria that, again, it has to be marked by that distress. It can't be just, oh, I ate too much. It has to be at least once a week mm-hmm. for three months. So that's one of the, the things, too, that we have to look for. But like you said, Anna, it's hard to, it uses, it uses phrases like eating more, much more quickly than normal. Well... I do that, you know. I do that when I only have like 10 minutes <laughs> to eat that. lunch and I inhale it like yeah. a vacuum cleaner. A lot of us do that. I don't know about if you did looked at like self-tests online, Anna, while you were doing, like in all of these topics that we talk about. Do you, you just, you take tests for every single I thing we talk those. about. You're like, you do I have this? I gotta I've got to check. I've got all of them. <laughs> I got check to see if I have it. Well, I had to be honest. I am so a binge eater apparently because I was like, yes, yes. Because, what? Well, I mean, the questions were like, now answer some of these one of the questions was like you occasionally or i don't remember have what you word had they more than four have pringles at a time <laughs> Shit. no it was things like do you look to see how many calories you're taking in so that then you try to figure out how much exercise you have to do to take care of those calories yeah yes. i mean a Wait. lot of people do that that was one of the questions and answering yes says you're a bit yes eater? if you answer yes to any of these things and i answered like yes Wait, to is eight it specifically out of about binge eating or is it it's just... about binge eating disorder was the one that i looked at binge I... eaters count calories i don't think that's right i mean i think that that's right. specifically not one of the parts of it no well, that's because that to me that's more restrictive type exactly than binge eating. Well, but you go ahead and eat them, but then you have to. But then see, it goes. But then back, you do the exercise, exercise, to take it away. which is anorexia. If you exercise too, if you, you excessively know, like, do it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's talk about blurry lines. Talk about dumb tests. Well, the I have to tests. be. I, I, there was actually three different sites where there was like a self quiz and they were very similar i looked at the first one i was like this is whack because i did literally like eight out of ten i had because they were things like that well yeah um or have you ever eaten to the point where you feel sick full yeah like you're gonna throw up (laughs) ever 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 was the way it was worded have you ever dovetail nicely into our conversation about the holidays because i think everyone has had at least one element of that and i think that's why we're kind of uh, we're moving toward this idea that 
we do during the holidays, and we talked about this um, in the last episode, that that idea of overeating or overdrinking or over everything right. during the holidays. If you do that during the holidays once in a while, that does not mean you have an eating disorder. No. I, yeah, I was going to yeah. hit on this too, that one of the things in our profession to diagnose somebody with something a DSM diagnosis includes like it has to happen a certain amount of times or it has to occur a certain frequency within a certain time period. There's usually constraints on the frequency of when this thing is happening. Exactly. So if you are sitting there like, oh, yeah, one Thanksgiving I did have, you know, 12 cookies and then I ate two plates of food. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're not a binge eater. Right. That is... First of all, that is an extenuating circumstance that's just like a couple times a year. That doesn't mean you're a binge eater. Right, right. A significant thing in the binge eating disorder is that you may be eating food not because you're hungry. Mm -hmm. So it can be an emotional reason. It can be one of the significant symptoms is if you eat differently when you're alone than you do around other people. Like if you really wait, which... Quite frankly, I've done that before. I mean, yeah. I'm more likely to eat more when I'm by myself yeah. than when I'm sitting with people in a restaurant. I'm not going to just keep, you know, stuffing well, food in my face. Part of that is because if we're having dinner with someone, we're probably talking to them. Yeah, that's and, really true, too. I mean, I mean, food is a huge social thing in mm-hmm. our culture, mm-hmm. so. And I, I think probably one of the most important criteria is that if you feel, and the words they use, it says, feeling disgusted with oneself, depressed, or very guilty yeah. after a binge. And that would be a significant mark if you have that kind of feeling after you've eaten a lot. And technically speaking, it's important to say that treatment for binge eating is not just, if you actually have binge eating disorder, it's not just that you don't have enough self-control. No. Because you've stepped into a realm of a mental illness because it's that's that's at the point that you are. And therefore, you need to have help in several directions. And what they suggest most of all is that you may have to process some of your past because maybe there's stuff from your past that's causing, as Anna said before, a trauma that's, that's bringing you to this point. So the processing of the past, but also some health issues because you may have some health issues that either – Make it so that you eat in the way that you eat or that your body is craving a certain nutrient. Right. So to be medically checked over, I'm trying to think of, evaluated, couldn't think of the word. <laughs> For any of those eating disorders, you should always have some medical intervention because there could be other things going on physically with you that is adding to this. And then the last thing is behavior modification stuff. So yeah, that's the self-control. That's the thought stopping, right. the positive self-talk. That's in there too. But it's, as you can see, it's not enough to just say, okay, I, I'm i a binge eater and I just have to make myself stop. Yeah, it's not just like, oh, I can overcome this with willpower. Exactly. It's like, like saying I'm it's depressed. It's any other mental disorder. Exactly. It, yeah. I'm depressed, so I just need to pull myself together and make myself not be depressed anymore. Right. Um, when you are in that place where you're in a, a mental disorder, you need help. You need different kinds of help. And so for binge eating disorder, it is more than just pushing yourself away from the table. There's a lot more involved. So should we do a couple little trivias and then we'll wee, circle wee, 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 wee. <laughs> And then we'll circle wee. back. What would you stick into an onion? <laughs> when- <laughs> I'm uncomfortable with that statement. With that question I, beginning. Just made- stay with me. Stay with me. What would you stick into an onion? Simsters, what would you stick into an onion? Tweet us. That's not the end of the question. There's more. 
<laughs> what would you stick into an onion when following a traditional bread sauce recipe? Stick into oh, an onion. I wouldn't get this in a million years. Bread sauce. I don't even know what that means. I don't know what it is. is that it's like not bread, bread pudding? pudding. I don't think so. I That's don't know what it is. I'm going to go with what things would you stick in an onion? Start listing things. <laughs> stick into an onion good grief a carrot i don't know i'm trying to think of something that would stick into it's, it it's a spice i would say oh it's a type of spice nutmeg <laughs> the only spice i can think sure, of yeah. cloves <laughs> oh that's kind of like nutmeg yeah pumpkin yeah. pie you're close you're close i'll give but you yeah, half a stick point. some cloves in there that'll, yeah, a that'll single ding for that ding <laughs> What does that have to do with holiday trivia? <laughs> People make bread sauce for Christmas. Oh, if you're I like guess. a traditional English pudding. True or false? Before turkey, the traditional English Christmas dinner included a pig's head smothered in mustard. Oh my god, that's disgusting. So it must be true. It is true. Yes. <laughs> oh god, what do you? Oh, I don't want to know what you eat on a pig's head. Uh, mustard, oh. obviously. Oh. <laughs> I just said. Oh. <laughs> That's so gross. Okay, thanks for that. What is a bouche de Noël commonly eaten in France at Christmas? Well, de Noël is of Christmas, but I don't know what a bouche. Can you spell it for me? B and then a U with a little carrot over it. Okay. And then a C-H-E. It's something you eat, huh? <laughs> it is edible. I'm thinking a bush. <laughs> I don't know. A Christmas bush. <laughs> And again, we go into the mom's nickname in high school. <laughs> um, I don't know, and I'm embarrassed. Now. It's a Yule log. Oh, yeah. so it is kind of a part of a bush, right? <laughs> bush. Does bush mean branch? The Christmas branch. The Christmas log. It probably, probably just means a Christmas like log. log. Yeah. 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 Huh. Okay. Interesting. Nathan would really cringe at the way we we massacre Probably. those, those that French is, things. That is true. All right. I'll give you a couple movie ones. How many ghosts are there in A Christmas Carol? Four. Good job. I was hoping to trick you up. Because you, you almost missed the partner, the Mar- Jacob Marley. Marley. Yeah. Yep. Who was the star of the Christmas movie Jingle All the Way? Was that Arnold Schwarzenegger? Wow, Mom! <laughs> You're killing the movie trivia. <laughs> Bazinga! <laughs> Okay, so who was the star of the movie titled White Christmas? Bing Crosby. Yep, he did blackface. Let's all not forget that. <laughs> it was a different time, Anna. <laughs> that's <laughs> not Yes. It's not a good excuse, but that's okay. all I got. I want to try to find you a, a carol one, a Christmas carol one. Mm. Which hymn's second verse begins with Christ by highest heaven adored? Christ by highest heaven. Yeah, yeah, sing the whole thing. <laughs> to get the chorus. Hark <laughs> the herald angels sing. Yes. She like <laughs> leaned away and was singing into her palm to try to hide it from me. <laughs> you gotta get there that oh, way. I think this I don't know if I would get this one. Which Christmas is him? Christmas is him. <laughs> A hymn that belongs As to Christmas. Christmas is hymns. The second verse begins. Born a king on Bethlehem's plain. Born a king on Bethlehem's plain. Wow. We three kings. You got that one fast. <laughs> okay. 
I kind of got the Christmas hymn thing. All right. We lots were, of church music we were for lots just, of years. We were just talking about this one and how uncomfortable it makes me personally. Uh-oh. In the song, I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus uh-huh. underneath the mistletoe. Where did Mommy tickle Santa Claus? <gasps> I'm uncomfortable now. I know. I I don't know that I know the words to that song. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I don't know. Because that's it. Under his chin? Almost underneath his beard so snowy white. Ah, uh, that's not so bad. You could tickle him there. There okay. could be a lot worse. I have... <laughs> <laughs> we did just talk about this. Here's the question I have. Because the theory in this, and we, we were talking about that it is... If any of you don't know this, it's about mommy kissing daddy who is dressed as Santa Claus. And right. the child is, is voyeuristically peeking. From the, I always picture him sitting on like a staircase. Staircase, yeah, looking through the little bars, yeah. the little very Norman spindles. Rockwell painting. Yeah, I'm having yeah. in my mind here, but okay, that is a very dedicated father who, not expecting his child to be up, uh, maybe it's a turn on for his wife. It's a fetish. They're dressing up. It's role play. Hey, daddy, go put on your Santa Claus suit. <laughs> we met in a bar the before this. <laughs> The kids are asleep. Go What's put Mrs. On Claus doing tonight? Santa Claus huh? Suit. Huh? Huh? <laughs> it's a turn on. It's a fit. Well, that so makes it so much worse. <laughs> I was yes, hoping, Anna, Anna I was shared to with process me. this and make it better, and instead, <laughs> it's worse now. Just, the world is worse because Anna processed that since she was a child, she's been freaking out about mommy. ever since I was like a little kid. I think this is pretty common. I've heard many people say this, that they, they legitimately thought it was a story about, like, mommy kissing Santa, who Who's is a coming in. Man. A separate yeah. man who is coming in. Mommy's attracted to older, jolly men. Mommy's attracted to <laughs> his, be- his bowl full of jelly belly. I like my men stout. <laughs> I like my men with a little jiggle in them. They're full of cookies and milk. And he is cheating on Mrs. Claus, and she is cheating on Daddy. And this kid is very cavalier about the whole situation. He's saying as long as he remembers to leave my presents. No, that's my question. So he is so cavalier. He either, he thinks it's the real Santa, and he's just totally taking in stride that Mom's macking on Santa. (laughs) Or he knows that Santa's not real. Spoiler alerts for any small children listening to this. Also, (laughs) you should be listening to this. Don't listen to this. this. (laughs) So... So he knows, or he knows it's not real. Why is dad dressing up like Santa if your kid already knows it's not real? Fetish. It's a fetish. It's a fetish. That's the answer. That's the answer. (laughs) I hate it. Thanks. I hate it. All right. Or we hadn't thought of this. Maybe it is the real Santa Claus. And mommy is Mrs. Mrs. Claus. Claus. Because it doesn't ever say what mommy's name is. So maybe it's purely innocent. And I saw Mrs. Claus kissing Mrs. Santa Claus didn't fit with the meter. Yeah. Well, and it's the kid's mommy. And he's the not kid is call- an elf. <laughs> he's not and gonna- they all call Mrs. Claus mommy. Well, it doesn't say anywhere that Mr. and Mrs. Claus never had any children. So maybe it's just that's just Claus Jr. <laughs> Nicholas Claus Jr. Jr. Nick, Nicky, little Nicky. <laughs> Nicky, go to bed. Nicky, go to bed. Daddy and mommy have got work. <laughs> Daddy and Mommy have had a long year, and it's Christmas Eve, baby. <laughs> no, Christmas Eve, he'd be out working. Well, he was finishing his That's rounds. literally the only night of the year he works. <laughs> Mom. Okay, let's get back to business. All right. Let's close Trivia this episode. Trivia has become more upsetting than the actual <laughs> I think we should content. have just done the episode on trivia. We probably should. 
Um, <laughs> okay. Okay, checking back in. Back to the eating disorders that are in the DSM. This one's a little bit gross, so if you're not grossed Buckle up... Buckle your seatbelts. Skip ahead a little bit. This is rumination disorder. So this is repeated regurgitation of food, which can be rechewed and then either re-swallowed or spit out. So I had a lot of questions on why this would ever happen because it specifically says it's not due to physical illness like gastrointestinal issues, although it said it could be about like physical illness like stress mm. and how that physically affects us. So they mentioned that that could be a possible cause. It said that some people do it as a, a way to self-soothe where they find the act of chewing. I, Mom is making a terrible face. Because I'm it's, sorry. It's, it's gross. It's gross. So that need to self-soothe and the act of chewing is soothing. Or it could be a way to gain attention. So it does not occur during episodes of any of the other diagnoses I've mentioned. So it, it's not during anxi- anxiety. Might be during anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's not during anorexia. It's not during bulimia episodes. It's it's not during any of those things. It's a totally separate thing. Are there any statistics on that prevalence? Because that seems I, very I rare. I really couldn't find it. And it's weird because okay. in the DSM, I'll have to look. I don't have my DSM open. In the DSM, it often talks about prevalence. Mm-hmm. It didn't have it for this. So this is pretty out there. I think it's pretty out there. It's probably not studied very much. I would say a lot of when it's happening is probably due to intestinal stuff. Uh-huh. I, I, this seems like a thing that most likely has a physical cause. Mm-hmm. Or it's linked so much to anxiety that... And in, in many, many diagnoses in the DSM, there's a specific note about ruling out medical reasons yeah. for this issue. And, and that would be significant for that, to rule out any medical issues. So in the DSM, it says prevalence data for rumination disorder are inconclusive, but the disorder is commonly reported to be higher in certain groups, such as individuals with intellectual disability, which is extremely vague. Right. (laughs) Very vague. And I think they're they're implying that that is an action that people with lowered mental capacity would use to self-soothe. Right, right. Okay. But again, no numbers in sight. All right. Okay, they're getting grosser. Are we going to come this, back up out of the... Well, <laughs> it depends Not on what you yet. find gross. <laughs> this is the last one I'll talk about. If I sound excited to talk about it, it's because <laughs> it's so kind of gross and, and very weird and like extremely fascinating to me. And I want to do a whole episode on it. Okay. It's called pica, mm-hmm. which you probably heard of. You maybe haven't heard the name. Pica is possibly the wildest of the bunch in that it is when someone consistently eats things that are not food. So substances that are not nutritious, not edible in a lot of cases, but Mm -hmm. they eat it. Again, not part of like a culturally supported practice or a social norm or anything. There have just been some truly off-the-wall cases of pica. I don't know if you've ever seen the show My Strange Addiction. I was going to say, is there a whole show about it? I haven't watched a lot of it. I don't know if it's specifically about this or if there's just a lot of these cases on it. Uh The one that sticks in my head is there was someone who ate mattresses. Uh She would like pick out the stuffing in mattresses and eat it. The foamy stuff, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of those episodes are featuring people who are eating non-nutritive things as an addiction, they call it. Right. The one that especially comes to mind for me is I saw a display once. I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the show. So my husband and I went on a road trip honeymoon. And one of the first places we went, because I'm a dork-ass loser, (laughs) 
is we went to the Glore Psychiatric Museum in St. Joseph, Missouri, which is amazing. If you're anywhere in the Midwest or you're going to be in that area, it's a couple of hours away from St. Louis. It's so cool. It's it's an old mental hospital, mental asylum, whatever you want to call it, that has been transformed. It has all kinds of stuff about various treatments and various ways that we have treated people with mental disorders There's in the past. There's got to be ghosts in there. Probably ghosts. There is a morgue. That's one of oh, the rooms. Geez. That's um, there's like a whole room dedicated to shock treatment, oh. a whole bunch of stuff. There is a display of 1,440 items that they took out of the stomach of someone with pica. Oh my gosh. It had buttons, it had nails, it had safety pins, it had screws, <gasps> and it's all displayed in this like shadow box kind of thing. It's it's mind-boggling, but it was a, a, a uh, patient at the at the mental hospital that ate all these things. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. Ugh. So we will take a deeper dive into that <laughs> at some point. But for right now, I do want to open the floor a little bit because <sighs> one of the reasons we decided to talk about this, like we mentioned, was because we are in holiday land, mm-hmm. and because food. Sometimes we can have a tenuous relationship with food over the holidays. Mm-hmm. And especially during the holidays, food is often a cultural, you know, touchstone and exactly. a way we connect with each other socially. So there's a lot of extra pressure about food. There's a lot of extra, you know, things that we think about food and things we think about what we should or shouldn't do in terms of food. Mm-hmm. And especially if you do have an eating disorder, if you already struggle with that, it can be a huge trigger for that exactly. and can make it a lot worse. Mm-hmm. So what 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 do we need to talk about with that? I think that the bottom line will be the self-awareness piece. Yeah. And that, you know, like when you look up, and of course you can go online and you can look up articles about how to help yourself not to overeat, not to overindulge during the holidays. But they're going to tell you things like that we always talk about that you should just be self-aware. One of those is just literally saying to yourself before you eat anything, why am I eating this? So right. obviously you don't have to stand there by the buffet tables talking to yourself out loud. You can. But yeah. Um, <laughs> if that's going to help, do it. <laughs> yeah. If you're hungry, if you say to yourself, I'm hungry, that's why I'm eating. Okay. Then, you know, to just be aware of why am I eating and how much should I eat before I'm going to start to feel bad about it myself? Because you right. don't want it to... It's it's lovely to I mean I believe God gave us food as like the joy of life. Well, and I mean I'm a foodie. I love food. And I got again, that. there we have there's a whole network on television devoted to food. Absolutely. As a culture, we have put a lot of work as every culture, uh-huh. not just like American culture or whatever. I mean, we're speaking from America, but I mean, Europe food like the food culture is huge in Europe and mm-hmm. and just like creating food that is delicious is a huge part of any culture. Mm-hmm. And so I I think that it's not from a certain group or from a certain time. It's just food's always been a big part of life because exactly. we need it to survive. And mm-hmm. why not make it enjoyable if we need to have it anyway? So I think that it is important to kind of stand there and say, why am I eating this? Am I actually hungry? But also it's okay to just stand there and be like, I'm not starving, but I want to eat this I want to taste one of those. Yeah. 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 I want to try this pie like that's that's okay as long as you're not it's not going to adversely affect you later on and that was one of the things that you think about is depending on where you are with food and if perhaps you do have some type of eating disorder that you might be the kind of person who can say oh those cookies look so good I will just have one and that will 
satiate my need to have the cookies. Yeah. You might also be aware of yourself that if I eat one, I'm going to eat 40. Right. So you need to understand yourself and know what your limits are. And like Anna just said, if you're not a person who's going to lose control, then yeah, just have the cookie and go on with your day. Right. And that goes back again to knowing your triggers. And and maybe one of the reasons that you eat a lot is an emotional thing. And we talked about that in the last episode, that just stress of the holidays causes some of us to eat because some of us eat when we are upset or when we're stressed or when we're emotional. And if you know that about yourself, it goes back to what we've talked about on many episodes, and that is the idea of planning ahead in your life. Mm -hmm. That's a great way to handle your anxiety. It's a wonderful way to handle if you have panic attacks, panic episodes. In this situation, it's a wonderful way to control your eating habits. If you know you're going to a party and they're going to have this big, huge table with all this food on, and you think, well, if I if I drink a big glass of water, that will help me not to, yeah. you know. Or if you think to yourself, well, I'll just eat vegetables. But you know in your head, even if you eat a whole platter of vegetables, you're still going to be dying for that one cookie. Yeah. Then have the one cookie. So again, plan ahead. Think ahead. Think of your triggers. Be mindful. We talk about that all the time with so yeah. many different situations. It's just another another time to be mindful. I was trying to look up. The reason I'm trying looking up things on the internet while you're talking very rudely is I saw this thing and I didn't save it, but it was like what to say versus what not to say about holiday food when you're mm-hmm. at a get together. Mm-hmm. I think it was specifically about Thanksgiving because one of the big parts of Thanksgiving is like food. Right. Um, absolutely. Even more than Christmas. So the basic thing that they were saying was, and I think some of them were a little doofy but i think the intent was good that focus on the people and the positivity rather than the food or the image Mm -hmm. so instead of saying something like wow you look so skinny you need to have another plate or like you know oh wow you're having a second plate like which either way whatever way you're gonna say be more positive about it that's just thankful and stuff so say like wow that was really delicious and say like i'm just so happy to be spending time with you you know, mm-hmm. try not to laden it with all that extra baggage. Right. Focus on, do not focus on the emotional stuff that surrounds the food. And yeah. Yeah. Because there always is. There always is. And maybe someone in your family is struggling with an eating disorder, and that's usually a really private thing, so you may not even know. Mm-hmm. So it's worth it not to make those kind of comments just in case. And I would say that in the midst of the holidays, don't let yourself get overwhelmed with, oh my gosh, I think I must have an eating disorder because I've been eating a lot. Let things kind of settle down a little bit and then look at yourself again. And if you do indeed find that you are worried about your eating habits, if it, if it causes you distress, which is what we've heard several times in today's yes. episode, if it causes you distress, then again, as we often say, reach out for help. Because if you indeed do have an eating disorder, mm-hmm. you need to have professional help for that. That's not just something, like I said earlier, it's not just that you don't have enough self-discipline. It's not just like a get over it kind right, of thing. Right, right. It's something that you will need help for and specifically help for eating disorders because that's a very unique category that people need help mentally so don't be afraid to reach out for help as always and there are a lot of good resources for eating disorders i know that there are even support groups for people with eating disorders of course Mm -hmm. and or if private counseling would be better for you whatever will help you to feel a big issue with eating disorders is control 
either feeling lack of control or wanting control. But in a positive way of taking control of your life is to get help. Yes. So that you can find a balance. That's it. Yeah. That's a way more productive way of getting controlled. Because part of being healthy is balance. And that's what like, I actually just had this conversation with one of my clients who does have an eating disorder and who is going into the holidays stressing out about the eating Mm -hmm, disorder. mm -hmm. And we tried to make the focus on health rather than amount of food or, you know, and just balance. And one of the things I really pushed to them was just, this is one day. Right. Or two days if you're doing Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I think that does stress people out that they come so close together. So it's like, oh my God, it was only two weeks ago that I had like, you know, (laughs) all the food at Thanksgiving. So I think that can be stress, especially if you have like a family situation where you go to several Christmases and stuff. So I was pushing, you know, this is just a day. Mm -hmm. And even if you are really focused on, on being a very healthy person and eating very healthy things... One day is not going to knock you so far off balance that you can't get back. Mm-hmm. You know, allow yourself to have a day. And I think they kind of connected with that, that it's not it's not going to ruin everything. It's right. just a day where, yeah, maybe afterwards you'll feel like, oh, man, yeah, I kind of overate. But you can, you can come back from that. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And again, if you overindulge and feel like you binge ate, it does mm-hmm. not mean you have binge eating disorder. Right, right. This is a... Again, one of the things that I mentioned in a few of the diagnoses was like, it, it doesn't count if it's like a socially condoned practice. I would say overindulging during holidays it is socially condoned. Is. It is. It's like you go mm-hmm. into, I mean, the amount of I brought my stretchy pants comments that you hear <laughs> exactly. on Thanksgiving is pretty telling. So I yeah. think it's it's kind of expected. Mm-hmm. And everybody's baking these wonderful things and bringing them to work and mm-hmm. sending each other fudge and cookies. And Someone at yeah. my work made a dessert and it was so good. I told her I want her to make my coffin in it so I could just be buried <laughs> in it when I die. God, it was so good. That's gross, but okay. Man, I'm just dead and just eat it. <laughs> that seems like an appropriate last comment for this episode. Does it? I thought we would do some know. more trivia. <laughs> if we have time. Let's do a couple. Time. Let's do a couple. Okay, okay. Which country started the tradition of putting up a Christmas tree? I want to say Germany. Wow. Why? I mean, that's right. Why? <laughs> well, because I think Martin Luther was part of that. I don't know. I just felt Germany because that's, you know, of what I've learned through the... I'm very old, Anna. I have learned many things in my years. <laughs> which country... These are a lot of country ones I'm finding. Which country is the largest exporter of Christmas trees? Huh. I almost want to say our country, but I don't know. Canada? Canada? Oh, Canada. It's all trees up there. That's just trees. <laughs> it's just all trees. They're like, please take some trees. We so, can't find our way from so place to place. So your little family members who live trees. in Canada, like, they have to, like, cut some little Christmas tree farm. I don't know. To... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have to put cut down, like, 10 here. Christmas trees a, a, a week. <laughs> they just grow up everywhere. <laughs> they just pop up. <laughs> Which country did eggnog come from? Oh. Russia. No. What is it? It is... Uh, here... Another question calls it a milk punch. Does that help? Ooh. Britain or? <laughs> England. Yeah. England? That's a very English a thing, right? Milk yes. punch. Yeah. Punch. <laughs> it sounds gross that way. I don't think I'd want a milk punch. This is not a country question. Oh, good. What is the highest grossing Christmas movie of all time? It's a Wonderful Life. Home Alone. Oh, my gosh. Well, I should have gotten that one because of the... I don't think of that as a Christmas movie, but... Home Alone? 
I mean, I know it's about Christmas. Yeah, it's definitely totally Christmas. All I think of is people getting hit. <laughs> all I think of is physical violence. Oh, it's, it's a physical so violence movie. Violent. Who wrote, Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. Dr. Seuss. Yep, that philandering bastard. <laughs> come on. I'm going to ruin everything about Christmas. Don't ruin everything. <laughs> Let's ooh, let's have some different. Why are owls associated with Halloween? These are these other holiday ones have uh, because multiple choice. they're creatures of the night. Yeah, more specifically, they're nocturnal. They were thought to be witches. Oh, mm-hmm. huh. I feel a little weird about collecting owls, but okay. And I will I will end with one, not a Christmas, but a holiday one. But it links with something we have talked about before. Uh oh. What do you call the fear of Halloween? Would you like options? Yes, please. Options. Lemurophobia, Lupercalophobia, Halloweenophobia, or Samhainophobia? It might be Samhainophobia because Samhain is where Halloween came from. Ding, ding, ding. Woohoo! The origin of the term traces back to the Celtic word Samhain, meaning All Hallows Eve to Christians. Uh huh. Wow. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. some weird off the track trivia, but hey. It's fun, right? Fun. Trivia is fun. It's fun. Yeah, I'm not good at trivia, but, You're, but you got most of them. Well, they were pretty. Do me in, hard in my no. It was, they were in my wheelhouse. The, <laughs> okay, the Carol stuff was. That's that's true. That's true. Should we thank our sipsters? Would you like me to do it? You can. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for listening, sipsters. We are so glad you could join us. No matter what holiday you celebrate, have a happy one. If it's not around, you can still have a happy one because as mom has pointed out, you can listen to this at any time. So, so whenever you celebrate she any holiday. stop giving me crap about that. I'm wishing the listeners a happy holiday. Happy holidays. Absolutely. Hey, Sipsters, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and all at Freudian Sips Pod, as well as, of course, our own site, FreudianSipsPod.com. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can email us at FreudianSipsPod at gmail.com. Please remember to leave us a nice uh, rating and a review. If you can do that, we certainly would appreciate it, wherever you are listening. That means so much to us to hear from you, as Anna said earlier. If you want to give us a positive or some happy... No, no, no. When you review us, give us a, a positive, a positive. One. Tweet us negative things. <laughs> review positive things. I didn't know there were specific rules. but And yes, that's a very good are. Christmas gift. If you want to give us a Christmas gift, oh, you can yeah. give us a five-star review. All we want for Christmas is... <laughs> All I want for Christmas is a five-star five review. review. <laughs> Happy holidays, sipsters. <laughs> Our theme music is Sweet of Vermouth by Kevin McCloud, and it sounds like this. Da, 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 jingle bells. <laughs> <laughs>